Welcome to the podcast of Follow Baptist Church. Our vision and mission is to follow Jesus in our community for His glory. We hope and pray that you are blessed, challenged and inspired by this message. For more information on Follow Church, you can visit our website at www.followchurch.com.au. We're reading Psalm 46 this morning, and there are Bibles in the, um, in the aisles, and so if you don't have your own, please take one of them. You can take that home. Um, it's our gift to you. So Psalm 46, and if you are reading from those Bibles in, in, um, in the aisles, uh, it's on page two, 263, or you can follow along on the screen. Choice is yours. So Psalm 46, for the director of music of the sons of Korah, according to Alamoth, a song. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her, she will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations in uproar, kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice, the earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done, the desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Thank you, Jerome, and good morning, everybody. My name's Lachlan. I'm one of the deacons here at Follow. It's a real pleasure to be with you sharing this morning as we continue along with our series on Psalms called Life Real Series, R-E-A-L. It's a bit of a play on words. Last week we uh, heard from Luke uh, about Psalm 23. Basically, we're sheep, we're dumb, we need to relax. I think that's the gist of it. But go back and listen to the podcast, there's a little bit more to it. Today we're going to be continuing along and we're going to be looking into Psalm 46. I want to take you back though first. About 10 years ago or so, I'd, I'd just come off stage, I'm sweaty after a furious set of rocking my little socks off in this, this little rock band I used to play in, back in Radelaide. And I finished up, I'm driving home from the gig. It was early one Sunday morning, late Saturday night. And I knew that I was in trouble when the black Mercedes that was chasing me burnt ahead on this narrow, hilly, windy road. It pulled over, it blocked my way. And the, the thugs, the tough guys that were in this car chasing me, they got out and they headed over to me. It was this, this was in a stage of my life, actually, when I was in a transformational time. Uh, I was reading the entire Bible in 90 days as a part of a challenge at my local church, which I actually managed to do. Uh, some of it was skim read, but I read the whole Bible in three months. But it is incredible how reading the Bible that much every day brings you so much more intimately close to our God. Uh, Who would have thought? Read the Bible every day and you get to know God better. But one of the Psalms that I'd read this day, this 
morning of this incident that I'm going to describe was um, the line, God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble, therefore we will not fear. So Psalm 46 was the psalm of the day and I got to test it out. So the thugs, that are, they'd been chasing me for some reason in the middle of the night, they drove in front of me, they blocked me off, they approached the car, one of them, and he knocks on the window. I look at this man, I look up, I'm like, I don't, I'm frozen. He knocks again, so I think, okay. This psalm just pops up, it springs up into me. I said, all right, I will not fear. Down goes the window. So I wind the window down, I'm bracing for anything. Could be a fist to the jaw, a strangle, I don't know, a weapon, a barrage of insults, hopefully, sticks and stones, that'd be fine. And so he says, give me 50 bucks. I'm like... In my head, I'm 50 bucks. I, I, I had $50 burning a hole in my pocket, but I said, no. He said, okay, what have you got? I said, nothing. Nothing, man. And he just stares at me. I stare him back. He just stares at me. And I shrug. I said, what do you, what do you want from me? And he said, a few choice words, colourful words for maybe a night service. I can't really say in the morning. <laughs> And he storms off back to this car with his henchmen. They burn off a few more choice descriptions of my body parts on the way, on the way down. And shaking, I drive home. And I can't believe what's just happened. It's very strange. It's very random. And I've survived. But I handled it quite well. And the more I processed it, the more I thought about what happened, the more I thought about what could happen. Have you been there when you have a near miss and you think, man, that was close, what if this, what if that? And the more I realised what could have happened, the more I realised I was covered by that Psalm 46 of the day. The Lord God Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. That little Corolla I was driving, being chased that night, it became God's fortress. I saw the fiery arrows and the cannonballs coming my way. And I'll tell you, I didn't think I was safe. I was scared, but I knew that I was safe somehow. And I honestly didn't fear. I believe we're all here today, physically today, because we are wrapped by the same protection, whether we know it, whether we've read this psalm before or not. So Psalm 46 is the psalm we're going to look at today. And for me, there are three main themes that are in this great psalm. Number one, God is our refuge. He protects us. Number two, God is our defender. He saves us. And number three, God is our comforter. He says, I've got your back. He says, don't worry. The origins of this psalm, if we look back, are are pretty interesting. The inspiration behind this psalm is recorded in the Old Testament in 2 Kings 18.19 and also again in 2 Chronicles Uh, 32. So I want to take you through that story first. It's about two and a half thousand years ago. A guy by the name of Hezekiah is the king over Judah. Hezekiah was was a pretty good king. He was a smart guy. He was God-fearing and the people were doing very well. He was doing a great job. And across the Jordan in Syria, it was the bad guy. Sennacherib is his name. I think I got that right. Might need to ask Ray Gunton for a bit of help with the pronunciation, but Sennacherib will go with, was the king of Assyria. He was the bad guy. His army was active at this time, swarming across Judah, attacking all the cities, capturing them, and he was heading towards Jerusalem, the city of peace. 
And Hezekiah said, no, nah, I've seen this. This is too much. I'm sick of it. Don't touch my Jerusalem. He said, I'm going to put the white flag up. Leave me alone. I'll give you whatever you want. All the treasures, whatever you need. So Sennacherib said, yep, thank you. He took everything he had, all the gold, all the reserves, even stripped the, the gold paint off the doorposts. Everything he could have, he took. But unfortunately, he was not true to his word, and it didn't stop them. He sent his head commander to Jerusalem to taunt the city. He basically said, hey, your God hasn't helped any of the other cities, so why would your God help you guys? He's not going to spare Jerusalem. He basically said, give in, come join us, and we'll promise you all the food, the wine, the land, everything you need. So Hezekiah was now, he was pretty shaken up. He sent his priest to the prophet and asked Isaiah for help. So basically Isaiah talks to God and Isaiah says, Hezekiah, don't worry, it's fine. God's got this. Sennacherib, he's just a big blaspheme. And Sennacherib hears that Hezekiah's on the chill. He's okay now and he's not worried. So Sennacherib says, well, you you better be worried because I'm coming. He sends a message to say that he's going to come and he's going to squash Jerusalem. So now the, the, the soldiers are lined up outside the city and Hezekiah's on his knees. He's on his knees to God and he acknowledges that this is the Lord's fight. He says, deliver us from his hand so that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you alone are God. And Isaiah sent a message back to Hezekiah, the prophet. He said, this is what the Lord of God, Lord God of Israel says. I've heard your prayer concerning Sennacherib, king of Assyria. He will not enter this city or shoot an arrow here. He will not come before it with a shield or build a siege ramp against it. By the way he came, he will return. He will not enter this city, declares the Lord. I will defend this city and save it for my sake and for the sake of David, my servant. And so that very night, an angel of God, he came down and he killed everybody. About 185,000 Assyrian soldiers dead. The people of Jerusalem got up the next morning and there it was, a whole camp of corpses. And Sennacherib, he got out of there real quick. By the way he came, he headed straight home for Nineveh. He stayed there and his sons got anointed him for some reason and they ended up killing him. So it, wasn't, it didn't end up great for him. But can you imagine how pumped David is now? What a victory, what a miracle. Backs to the wall, literally one eye open, just bracing for that punch or that strangle that I was and just left themselves open for destruction, ready to give up. But God was their refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. So David writes in the psalm, he says, We will not fear, even though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. That's a pretty big picture, the earth, just the whole earth just giving way. I don't know where it goes. It's a black hole now. But it's like saying, hey, just pick up Australia, tip it upside down, throw it in the Pacific. No worries. We'll get through. No, worry, no need to worry or fear. God is our refuge. He will protect and he will help. And that sounds ridiculous. But David's just trying to paint us a picture to think of the worst thing that he could possibly think of, the world just crumbling in on each other, on itself. Because they had stared defeat and shame and death right in the face. They couldn't, nothing worse that they could imagine, and they were saved from it. The Assyrians, they destroyed everything in their path and were right on Jerusalem's doorstep. And it's, it's the very fortress that they would usually ordinarily find refuge in. It was exposed and it was unsafe. So they went to God. 
Have you ever felt unsafe in your own home? I have. Last year, one Sunday evening, or Saturday evening, we were, had people over and received an, a knock on the door, and I opened it to an emotional man standing there, and he shoved his phone in my face. And there was this black and white blurry picture on it, a photo of a man. And this gentleman who lived around the corner from us, he had shown, he, on this phone, he had a picture of, of a man. It was a black and white picture of a man, and it was in his front yard in the, in the middle of the act of uh, breaking into his house. So it was a closed-circuit TV picture of this man that he's shoved in my face, shaking his hand. The reason he knocked on my door is because he was trying to work out who this guy was because he thought he lived in the area. He suspected that this man that he had on his phone was my next-door neighbour. And it, and it was. Unfortunately, <laughs> it was. And we continued to talk to this guy about his situation and how this guy had broken into his house two nights in a row. He'd broken on a Friday night or a Thursday night. Then he got CCTV because he was scared. And the next night he did it again and he caught him. And he's been smashing up cars in the neighbourhood. He was the, the, uh, the, the, be- the, the biggest customer down at the local uh, Sip and Save Liquor Land store. But um, so that night, that day, we found out we were living next door to a home invader. Awesome. An active uh, guy who was terrorising the neighbourhood. So were we spooked? You bet we were spooked. My wife, Katie, was about six months pregnant at this stage. And she was rattled. So that night we left, we stayed at Katie's parents' house. Um, we, we were like, we're out of here. And, but the next night we had to come back home and it was very, very strange. Being in the one place in the world, it's your own special place. It's where you keep your underwear. <laughs> but I didn't feel safe. We didn't feel safe there. So two stressful la- uh, nights later, um, the police came and they knocked on his door and they arrested him and they took him away. And we watched through a crack in the front window. <laughs> Katie made sure I saw him put in the paddy van. Off he goes. The danger was gone and we breathed a collective sigh of relief. And, but the strange thing, the really strange thing, you can ask Katie this to verify, and I'm not blowing my own trumpet. I was never scared. I was never afraid. And I should have been. If we stop and think again about what could have happened, it's very scary. And it made everything 10 times worse. Not me not really being worried. Because I'll tell you what, a little bit of sympathy or empathy goes a long way in a marriage. Am I right, guys? So I'm like, nah, it's going to be fine. Don't worry. We're all good. But we had a secret weapon. Our neighborhood failed us. Our home failed us. But he has never failed me yet. God was our refuge. We had a fortress of protection around our house and around us and around little Mitchell in Katie's womb. Psalm 46 was at work through us, even though I wasn't necessarily praying it all day, every day. I didn't have it written all over the front porch in lamb's blood. But the truth was in me. I understood it. I believed it. And I had faith in that protection. Whatever happens in life, guys, you have to know to understand and to trust that nothing is too great for God. And sometimes, like for Jerusalem or for me and Katie, when the last place we feel safe is no longer safe, God is our only place of retreat. But we all need refuge from all sorts of different things. 
Because refuge in this context in the Bible, when God says, when David says God is our refuge, it also can mean shelter or escape from. For some of us might be feeling isolated or lonely. Jesus says, surely I am with you to the very end of the age. He's always with us. Some may feel angry or hard done by. Be still and know that I am God, he says. I've got your back. I'll take this one for you. You might be confused, frustrated with a change in circumstances. Well, Jesus will never change. His love, his deliverance is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You might feel exhausted or overwhelmed. God is our refuge and strength. Strength meaning for feeling weak or defenseless, we can draw on his strength as if it's our own. And we can rely on his strength as if it's always in us, which it really is. Philippians 4, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. God is our refuge. He protects us. The Lord God Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done. He makes wars cease. He's our defender. You know what I love about this? God is active through this story. When I think about God being a fortress, it does give me great comfort. Surrounded by safety, protection, I think of an enormous, strong stone castle. I said castle, I'm from Adelaide. Stone castle with indestructible, indestructible barriers from whatever I'm fearing or worrying. We call on him to be our great fortress. It's a great picture. But sometimes I think, well, that's passive, right? The castle is just sitting there, weathers the storms and takes the batterings for us, which is awesome. But God's not passive, is he? He goes out onto the battle for us. He defeats the enemy and removes our troubles. He breaks the bow, shatters the spear, burns the shields with fire. He's out there keeping us safe. He's defending us. You know, um, in sport, you hear that saying, offense is the best form of defense. I think that's God in this, in this picture. God's actions protect us because he's not just a barrier for evil, guys. He destroys evil. Jerusalem was on its knees and God sent his angels and literally destroyed the army that surrounded them and packed their leader's knapsack and sent him on his way. God will protect us not with hugs and kisses and shields, but he will go and he will break the loneliness, he will shatter the depression, he will burn the anxiety in our lives. I'm reminded of a time when I needed active protection and honestly, I don't think without God I'd be alive. When I look back on this time in my life, I think, wow, that was, I guess, a, a somewhat of a miracle. I was three years old. I was playing by my uncle's swimming pool. That's the classic story where there was a beach ball floating near to the end of the pool or some other interesting object. I wanted to play with it. So I reached out and grabbed it, but I'm a three-year-old. Instead of thinking, okay, I'd better pick this up so I can play with it, I just sort of grab it and lean on it and just then I go into the pool. And I would have got a perfect 10 for my entry, I reckon, because <laughs> apparently there was, there was no splash, um, not a sound, and... That image of being underwater, that's never left me. That's probably one of my earliest memories as a, as a child. The swirling and the noise and the, the inky, dark blues, I sort of blink and strain my way to work out what's going on. Moments later, I was dragged out the bottom of the pool by my dad. 
He was at the other end of the pool with my one-year-old sister attending to her at the time. And, and the way he tells the story is just by chance, he looked up just to look around and he saw ripples in the, in the pool, little, little ripples, and he looked around, didn't see me and just dived in. And by chance, I was at the bottom and he, he dragged me out. I don't know what would have happened if Dad hadn't looked up at that moment or was a few more metres away or didn't think, where's Lachlan? But that could have been it. I feel that God did this. I think he spared me. He engineered what happened that day and he saved me in an active way. Because if I, had, if I was this big fortress, if I was surrounded by a castle, I would have just sunk to the bottom and stayed there. So for us, for follow, for humanity... We're just people sinking at the bottom of the depths of this ugly pool of sin that we've just slipped into. But God has plunged his hand down and dragged us out. Because Jesus, he's the ultimate destruction of sin. Just like the angel of the Lord in removing the threat of Jerusalem, he took the sin of the world, all our fears on himself on the cross, and in the end, he defeated death for our safety and for our eternal life. Hallelujah. Because, I mean, without Jesus, let's be honest, this sermon would probably be titled something like poop happens or stuff happens or any other words you want to use. be two words long. I'd say, yeah, life sucks sometimes. You'll be fine or not. I don't know. Let's have some cake, you know. (laughs) But that's not the case, is it? We have hope in Christ, new life in Christ. God is our defender. He saves us. And you might be thinking there. You might be sitting thinking... Okay, Lachlan, I've heard you. God will protect us. He will defend us. But you don't think it's as easy as learn a psalm, don't be scared, nothing bad ever happens. I hear you because I've been scared. I've been broke. I've been abused. I've been lonely. I've felt lost and let down and hopeless before breakfast. (laughs) But today, you honestly, you might be facing an army in your life. You might be thinking, what I've thought many times in the past, how long is this going to go on until I catch a break? Well, I don't have all the answers for that, I'm sorry, but I do know you're not alone because the very same David who wrote this Psalm 46, who said, nothing's too big for God, nothing's too bad for God, we will never fear, he also said in Psalm 13, how long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? He says, look on me and answer, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. I give up. You know, David had it right. In fact, Jesus asks us, he wants us to bring our troubles to him. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find Knock and the door will be open to you because everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds and the one who knocks the door will be opened. And then the last part of Psalm 13 says, I will trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise before he has been good to me. I trust in your unfailing love. Or in the words of David back in our Psalm 46 verse 10, Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. Last week, we had a preacher who brought his own pillow 
lay flat across the stage. He had us listen to trickling streams, try not to think about the urge to go to the toilet. <laughs> You're going to smack me after this, aren't you? <laughs> that is very important. In times of trouble, God really does lead us to a cool place, a re-energizing, refreshing place. But be still and know is different in this psalm. The Hebrew word here for be still comes from the word rafa, which means to let go or release or cause yourself to be weak. So what it's really saying is just don't worry about it. Surrender your efforts to God because then we give up in order to be lifted up. We let go and let God. In the NASB, the translation is cease striving and know that I'm God. I can handle this. So if we're not striving to save ourselves and do things a certain way, what are we doing? Well, we take comfort in Jesus' instructions just to stick with him. He said, I am the vine, you are the branches, you remain in me and I in you. You will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So we seek refuge in God because he is our strength and is always with us. We have a defender in God who's active and sent Jesus to win the battle for us forever. We can take comfort in, in God who says, be still, I've got your back, I'll take this one. Matthew 28, come to me all you who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. So these were the words of Hezekiah to his people in 2 Chronicles 32, the other version we read from Kings before. He said, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged because this king of Assyria and the vast army with him, for there is a greater power in us than with them. With him is only the army of the flesh, but with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. Take this with you into your day, into your week, into your life. The Lord will protect you, he will defend you and comfort you, but he has saved you. And no matter what happens, that will never change. Let's pray together. Dear God, you know us intimately and you know the struggles in our lives and the enemies that line up to take us down. And you know that they know you. It says in your word, even the demons believe you and tremble. But today, God, we've been reminded that you are a refuge. We can seek your protection and that we need not fear. We thank you that you are a defender and we thank you for sending Jesus to win the battle once and for all. We pray your comforting presence on those who are struggling. Keep us safe in the knowledge of your promises to deliver us from evil, Father. We pray these in the mighty name of Lord Jesus. Amen.